I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. These guys are badass at Frisbee. I love it, man. See what I mean? Yeah, it's so cool. Overarm throws. Tackers. Oh yeah, they have got the technique for it. They yeah, like doing yeah. it when you kind of float it back and things. Like chucking it and like that. And, and how about that as a little study group there? Yeah. That's such a nice thing to do. Just come over from. See, uh, well, uh, so much of um, my work now is trying to adapt how we see this very rigid, traditional academic way of learning yeah. to ways that you can actually incorporate nature, movement, being mm. outside. Yeah. You know, and actually. Food is, is such a big part of a life as a whole, whether you want to be successful in anything in your life, that yes. I think we should actually be teaching about food in a Definitely. pragmatic way at school. Anyway, and on that note, we're starting part two of uh, the Stompcast. Um, I've got the guys from Bosch. What do we say? It's Bish, Bash, Bosch, and Boys. Boys of Sheffield. Boys of Sheffield yes. as well. So Henry and Ian here, we've started our conversation about, a little bit about the kind of why you got into this. I'd really like to dive into now how you develop the skills in terms of on-screen presenting, you're mixing in creating food, making it engaging, and kind of what you've learned over the last five, six, seven years. I, I've actually um, started a new series on my Instagram uh, called I Hate Cooking. Oh, and amazing. I called it that because I was getting really frustrating with, frustrated with cooking. I was like, I'm busy, and I was like, I hate cooking. Then I was like, Maybe I should make a series that kind of simplifies it <laughs> from a perspective of jokingly and having a bit of fun about the fact that I hate cooking. And I've done four videos now, and the one we just posted um, today actually was a vegan uh, poke bowl, which yes. I absolutely loved. It was so it was so so tasty. And actually, in the process of me creating these videos, I've gone, oh my god, like plants are actually really tasty, and there's so many tasty <laughs> plant foods you can have. Chippy's. Um, Chippy's uh, Henry's dog is here with us. She's uh, she's very friendly and saying hello to everyone as we go by <laughs> uh, through the park. She's making sure everyone gets a dog kiss along the way. She's a good girl. So I mean, it just it, I've just learned so much from the process, and I'm at the start of making the content, so it's very useful for me to hear this. Mm. I'm being very selfish. I'm getting top tips from the pros now about creating good food content. Great. Yes. So how have you found the process? Like, what have you learned along the way? So we've been doing it for seven years. And um, at the beginning, we were just very much home-taught cooks. You know, we had our meat-based recipes that we knew really well. We loved to cook, but that was it, you know, no formal cooking education. But um, in the process of making these videos, which to begin with were very much just hands in pans, I love we, that. <laughs> we, we pretty much ended up cooking daily, you know? And when you cook every day for two years on camera, you get pretty good at it. Mm. Now, seven years later, I'd say, you know, we've got a pretty formal, uh, formidable cooking technique. Yeah. Uh, we've made everything from, you know, bread to pastry to, shall we say, meats, but they're actually plant-based yeah. meats. And we're absolute masters at cooking vegetables. Um, so I think for actually just cooking and honing your cooking skills, cooking daily is a great place to start. And you do have to go through this learning curve when you start cooking plant-based. I would say cooking on camera is a bit of a different skill if you're actually talking to the camera. 
Mm. As were you talking on camera in your videos? Um, so in the videos we started doing, we've tried to kind of make them a bit of ASMR. So I just say nice. at the start, like, I hate cooking, uh, vegan poke bowl edition. And then it's just like the chopping and the cutting, because I okay. thought, you know, like I, I talk a lot about mindfulness. I thought, actually, I can show a bit of cooking. And also I hope that it's just quite, there's, there's something, the sound of cooking is beautiful and it's it all is. the senses. It's like, I, I, I really, I really was thinking when I was recording and, and making these videos, it's like, it is such a mindful process. You're, mm. you're, you've got sight, mm. you know, smell, taste, yeah. hearing, touch. You're actually engaging all of your senses, which is actually probably why so many people talk about, you know, cooking being really therapeutic. And, oh. and I thought I'd try, I'd try and get that across on camera. And I think you guys do that beautifully as well. You know, just kind of this thing that actually doesn't have to be a chore, perhaps, if you make time for it. I mean, listen, if, if we're talking about um, the impact that cooking can have on someone's mental health, then seriously. I, I just think that cooking is one of the best things to focus one's mind and the sense of achievement that comes off after a relatively small amount of work is really, really therapeutic. It's, it's the sort of thing, if people don't cook very often and they've got like challenging mental health, if they start cooking more, I would suggest that it could be a really, really good way to sort of bring some positive energy into their lives. It certainly helps us out massively. I mean, it's just so good focusing your energy, getting better at something, learning new techniques, and always having something tasty to eat at the end of the process. And, and just looping back to cooking on camera, it is, it is really a skill, you know? We've also done lots of TV. Um, we had a TV show on ITV called Living on the Veg. Um, we cook on, you know, TV every time a book comes out. And that is another level of skill, I guess, and performance. Really, the only way to get used to that is to start mm -hmm. and to practice. We did have a little bit of um, on-screen camera training uh, at the very, very beginning. But I guess the, probably the most powerful bit of advice we ever received is just imagine the camera is your friend and that you're talking to a good mate. And actually, what you can also do is picture a specific friend that you have quite a good rapport, quite a chill mm. way of interacting with, and try and imagine that that camera or that mobile phone is that person and you'll come across a bit more natural. And it's kind of another great bit of advice I was given as well, capture, don't create. So the idea yeah. of like, rather than trying to like make for the camera and trying to create something and, and really kind of putting so much stress and energy, I need to create, I need to create. It's just like, capture what you're doing. Yeah, like, yeah. that's nice. If you're cooking and you're making a nice meal, you're actually just capturing the process of yeah. doing that. And I found that quite, especially for anyone who's starting out with a camera, maybe a YouTube in their home, whatever, like it, it, it feels like you need to like switch on to YouTube or switch yes. on to, and mm. actually there's, people want more than ever probably now, they want authentic content. Yeah. That, that is quite clearly the way things are going. Even if you look at advertisements, like the days of the big TV adverts and big budget adverts on TV are probably gone, yeah. largely. Yeah. It's yeah. now much more about like authentic storytelling, mm. narrative kind yeah. of, there's a lot Simple, more sh simply shot stuff, really. There's a lot more sincerity comes um, from, you know, like authentic content and people are, they can believe it. And this is why there's so many really talented micro influencers popping up and especially in the food space all over because everyone's got like a 4K or a super high definition camera in their pocket literally, because of the phone. Literally. All you need is a decent recipe, colorful ingredients, decent light, and um, like a well thought through process and just a good creative eye to capture the things like you say that you're doing at that time. Um, yeah, I think that when it comes to the actual content creation of videos, one thing that we've tend to do is um, 
is front load the video with the most interesting parts of the process to sort of get people in. So they're like, oh, that looks really interesting. And then once they're in, they usually stay in. And if they stay in, that's great because it means they're going to learn something and hopefully go ahead and cook it at home. Yeah, and another, another tip for anybody who is, you know, creating content, whether that's food or, you know, any other type of content is just have that rigor, have that daily persistence and, you know, show up and do it daily. You might not feel motivated, you might not yeah. feel inspired, you've just got to crack on and but do it. I was it. going to say that, how important do you think that persistence is? Because it, it's interesting, because I, I mean, I, I've been, I guess, creating content since 2018. Yes. I largely, quite quickly, did kind of health-based, I guess, content, but, you know, I, I guess it does vary. There's lifestyle stuff in there to some extent as well. But you do see um, fluctuations in that like, level of engagement and how yeah. interested people are. And like sometimes the same content is less or more interesting to people than it was before. How do you push through that? Because I imagine even you know, the growth you guys had, there's, there's times where you do this video, you're like this is amazing, it's awesome. And it's done well, but it's maybe not done what you thought it was gonna do or mm. it hasn't banged or popped or washed yeah. perhaps to the level. <laughs> it hasn't you banged, hoped. exactly. It hasn't done it to the level. Do you, how do you deal with those kind of like, times where you're like oh god this you know this is becoming a bit like oh that's a bit annoying or it's tough you know and i think um you know everyone will have their own cadence uh so some people will post every week or even every fortnight we tend to post every day and there's nothing wrong with any of those approaches but i think yeah having that mindset of i'm going to show up and do the work and not necessarily wait for inspiration is a really powerful thing it, you know but it's hard even yesterday we were filming a video we had a little moment, didn't we, Ian, yeah, on camera? It. What we're, happened? We, we had to have the a camera, did you? Oh, yeah, we, <laughs> basically what happened was, was I was in a mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we'd gone to Amsterdam on a business trip a couple of days yeah. before and I drank some Weich beer. Okay. And Weich beer is unfiltered and I came back and I felt as if I'd been poisoned. And uh, oh, basically God. my uh, missus was like, what, what is, what's the word? Um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, listeria? Yeah, listeria. She's like, it sounds like you've got bloody listeria poisoning here. Oh, God, yeah, that <laughs> wasn't um, good, And it yeah. was like, it wasn't good. I was like fitting um, in bed. Like, it felt like shivers, but it felt like fitting. It was like, anyway, uh, so that happened. And then the next day we had a really important meeting in the morning and then we cracked on with this video filming and I was just like not in the right headspace. And uh, Henry gave me a bit of a pep talk saying, listen, man, <laughs> we've, you know, <laughs> we need to do this right now. Came back and it was better. Yeah, it was fine. I think you just, it's quite helpful having, um, two of you because yeah. you can you know help each that, yeah. other out although sometimes it, it it has its difficulties it does definitely help having someone to kind of bounce off i think it's a really thing, interesting thing i'd like to ask about how, how do you find being a duo and obviously you know it's quite clear that you've been you know even from actually spending a short amount of time with you you're very comfortable with each other you know each other clearly very well you've probably seen the good and bad in both of you both yep. of you <laughs> yep. and how do you find that being like the center point of everything because it does you know you have become this uh, a duo if you like you're kind of the Anton deck if you like yeah for <laughs> plant and deck <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yes yes i got to take you everywhere so how do you how, how does is that overall a good thing? Uh, what are the kind of pros and the cons, I guess, of, of working as a, as a team? I think the cons are, um, you know, it can be challenging. And anytime you're setting up a business with somebody or, or, you know, setting up a channel or whatever it may be, it is like a marriage and marriages can be fraught with issues. But I think that's really the only con. Mm. And obviously, I suppose you're sharing any... Um, salary requirements two ways which also is an impact but i think on the plus side you know whenever we turn up into either a difficult meeting or a tv shoot or radio mm. or podcast or go on a business trip it's always easier 
because there's two of you. And you know, you can sub in for each other if needs be. If one of you's feeling not quite as sprightly as the other one, mm -hmm. the other person can take the lead. And like there's yesterday a, or whatever. Yeah, yeah like exactly. yesterday. <laughs> so I would say there definitely are more pros than cons. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The thing is, is that, um, I, I mean, I've created a team around me, perhaps not, not in the front-facing sense, but, mm. the, you know, I've got a real amazing team. And you need that because I do think that when you're try, trying to achieve any challenge, it's much easier when you've got the motivation for the people around you, you know, on a day, like you said, where you're a bit like, I can't be bothered with this. Even with the best will in the world, no matter how motivated you are, you can have days where you're like, oh, yeah. God, I just, you know, I don't care today, I just want to go back to bed. Yeah. Having someone to say, like, no, come on, we can get through this, or maybe just carrying the energy for the day, mm. it does make a big difference. And perhaps even regardless of whether someone listening is thinking about doing content or whether it's actually a business venture or whatever it might be, I do think even though there are pros to doing it yourself, maybe you get, your more, you get more autonomy, like you said, there's financial reasons, yep. perhaps the benefits of having someone on your shoulder who really cares about something as much as you do, who cares about you as well, importantly, yeah. and will have your back is it's kind of priceless, it feels, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would. I definitely think it's really, really good. Uh, and if anybody who's listening to this is thinking about setting up a business, maybe not like setting up a content creation channel, but setting up a business, having a co-founder is a really good thing to have, Bouncing especially in the creative industries. Because mm. yeah, like having two brains working on the same subject, like initial, like really gets you a better outcome. Because uh, essentially, like one person might want have one very um, like set way of thinking about this particular subject but then the other one comes with a counter and if you put them two together you might something completely different might get born so it's um so yeah it, having someone else to work with is excellent and, and, if, really and if not if someone isn't directly in your space but you do have a good friend that you can talk to sometimes just sharing maybe big ideas with someone to kind yes. of almost so there's like i guess in like government there's supposed to be a process where mm. um the, the premise, I guess, of having an opposition is that you oppose ideas to make the idea better, yeah. or you pick out ideas that were flawed from the beginning. So sometimes taking like a core idea, maybe I'm like, do you know what, guys, I think we should do a um, series called I Hate Cooking. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> they might be like, no, that's terrible because of this. Or, it's a catchy or name. Change. It's a great name. <laughs> uh, all, oh, thank you. I'll take that from you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, but you can, it, it, there's something about challenge and looking at like, okay, but if you're gonna do this, how, what are the challenges, how can you make it better? It does help. So if you can have someone even, even sometimes I've, I've heard, um, I was watching uh, the other day, Lewis Capaldi's documentary, and he was saying that he plays his songs first to his mum and dad. And if they nice. don't go, 
this is great. He's kind of like, oh, there's a problem here. Yeah, because okay. they're really, really honest with him. Because a lot of people in life as well will be yes people and say, especially like you guys have established yourselves, you're going to come with a level of authority where people like these guys know they're talking about. And opposing mm. that sometimes is difficult. So it might be hard for people to say to you, I'm not mm. sure on that idea. Whereas your parents are always going to be honest. You know what it's like? Your parents are just yes. like, Alex, yeah, I think that's a terrible idea. Like, oh, okay, thanks, mum. <laughs> thanks yeah. for that. But thanks for the honesty, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I think anytime we've, we've built anything, um, we've always started with a period of consultation. So in this, this new world where everybody's interested in being an entrepreneur and building things and trying to uh, create a better world, that process should always start with six to 12 months of meeting people, mm -hmm. talking to people. Let's say you want to build a content channel, fine. Meet other people who do that, talk about your idea with them. Don't necessarily take what they say on board, but at least talk to them and listen and decide whether it's advice you want to take. Mm. If you're looking to build a business, meet people who are experts in that area, ask them to go to coffee, create presentations, run them through your presentations, get feedback. And that process over six to 12 months is how you refine the idea and turn it into something that actually makes sense because you can't do that in the bedroom. You said something really interesting there at the start, all of it's interesting obviously, but you said something particularly that caught my attention there at the start about not necessarily listening to them and yes. I think sometimes especially like in the space you're in where everyone was let's be frank people were hating on veganism early doors yes and there's a lot of jokes there's plenty of memes about being a vegan on the internet yeah, yeah, totally. it's, it's not perhaps something that was seen as popular and actually amongst men especially you get kind of the mick taken out of you so if you'd have listened to people you wouldn't have done it would you that's so true mm. and um, everyone told us it was niche everyone told us it was unhealthy even at the time you know the general medical consensus on plant-based eating was that it would be deficient um, and that it wasn't a good way to eat. What we now know, and in fact, you know, some doctors seven years ago did know this, but it just wasn't generally common knowledge, is that you can absolutely thrive on a well-planned plant-based diet. You know, eating lots of plants is great for your body. It's high in fiber, mm. high in uh, phytonutrients, plant chemicals. It can be incredibly nutritious, but I guess the thing is some people do it wrong. So I think it's good to ask people's advice and it's good to listen to them, but it's also good to use your own brain to decide which advice you think is useful and which is potentially wrong. So in part three, we're going to go into um, how, if someone's interested now in becoming vegan or moving that direction, a little bit of how you plan, because the planning part is probably important, the getting started. So we'll talk about it in part three. I'd like to finish off this part, just talking about some of your other ventures, because you said you, you did um, Living on the Veg, wasn't it? The yes. ITV series, you've done a lot of TV, you've, you've collabed with some of the biggest names, you've also uh, published as well. You have a new book, isn't that right? Uh, oh yes we which, do which, which you which your mission and i'm interested, interested in this is kind of um it feels like you're trying to target people that perhaps still want to enjoy flavors or meat-based flavors and things like that but in a way that engages them from a plant-based you yeah. know you're trying to encourage people from going have you considered this in a way that's not preachy is that the kind of goal with the book that's pretty fair so the new book is out on 17th of august and mm. it's called meat but obviously it's 100 percent plant-based yeah. so we deliberately went for a title that would... Um, it surprised you know. me a little bit when I saw the title. <laughs> but I think it was really clever because I was yeah. like, no, that makes sense. Yeah. We wanted to basically just um, raise a few eyebrows, ruffle a few feathers. I was like, hang uh, on, they've sacked it all off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they've gone back to the, the meat. The boss boys yeah. have gone back to uh, meat. Yeah. No. <laughs> and uh, basically what we do with this book, obviously flavour is one thing, but texture is another. Yeah. Because one thing that I remember is when first going vegan, one thing that I really missed was a bite. 
and that texture that meat gives you naturally. So one thing that we wanted to do with this book is to get the most out of plants in terms of texture. So there's a lot of tofu in this book that's kind of uh, either roasted or it's like fried down. So it, it oh, really brings tofu. out that sort of bite. There's a lot of tempeh in the book. There's a lot of ways to use mushrooms in a really creative way to sort of get really wonderful bite out of them. And then obviously, because over the course of the last five years, alternative meats, um, you know, like vegan burgers, vegan sausages, vegan chicken pieces have become very prevalent and really quite good. We thought it was high time that somebody documented that and put it in a book. So yeah, th this book is basically full of really meaty food that is all 100% vegan. So if anybody does want to trial a vegan diet, but doesn't want to lose uh, the sensation that meat gives them, meat is probably the best thing that they can get. It's wicked. I'll share that on my stories and I was like, going to give it a go because I really am quite interested in, because I am, I guess, transitioning more and more from, I'd say, a meat-based diet to cooking with a lot more plants and eating more plants. I kind of, I'm interested in substituting in as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we're in the protein transition right now. That's, it's happening, you know, whether, whether people agree with it or not, we are moving from a world where all meat comes from an animal that lived to now a, a world where meat can come from different places. It can come from these experiments where they are basically culturing animal cells to create lab cultured meat, which is amazing by the way. Um, but also, and much more prevalent right now, is meat that is made from plants. It's made from soybeans, it's made from peas, it's made from potatoes, it's made from wheat. And essentially through these fairly simple processes that actually aren't a million miles away from how we make bread, you can now create a meat from plants and it's only just getting started. It's in the kind of innovation phase right now and only at the beginning of it. So the protein transition is happening, which is very cool. And um, we wanted to create a book that was a part of that. There's definitely still um, a fair amount of skepticism and I think worry about meat alternatives. Like, are they safe? What are they made from? Is it all lab? You imagine scientists in a lab dropping droplets of different things and creating things in yes. petri dishes you know uh, is some of that fair and like how can you reassure people that actually it's safe it's healthy and it's actually a great alternative so um a person that we know very well uh, who we occasionally go to the house of parliament with to go and talk about climate labeling on food talk about plant-based food shared with us that actually that phrase ultra processed was focus grouped by meat lobbyists. Mm. So it's really interesting to think about the phrase ultra-processed when applied to plant-based food mm. and how it, it scares people mm. and makes them think that this new food is inherently risky. Just like maybe mobile phone signals 20 years ago, everyone was afraid they were gonna give us all cancer. You know, of course, there's an, one ingredient called methylcellulose, which is often used to bind these plant-based meats together. And that is a semi-synthetic product. And that is a synthetic ingredient so that scares some people. And of course, it's not as natural as eating an apple mm. or eating a banana. But at the same time, it's widely used in food. Methylcellulose is used in ice cream. It's used in some hummus. It's often used in bread. And we don't get up in arms about these other, other products that we buy in supermarkets. So products which would be considered normal in everyday foods, mm. the minute they go into a plant-based food, they're considered ultra-processed. Whilst we do agree that the best thing you can eat is plants, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, natural foods that are in their raw form, that is absolutely the best thing to eat. But in this world we live in, we do sometimes buy a thing that comes in a pack. 
and it isn't worse just because it's plant-based. So I think there's a little bit of mm. unnecessary hype around these products. But what I would say is just get used to reading the label, looking out for things that are too high in saturated fat, whether or not it's a plant-based product. Try and avoid things that are absolutely jacked full of saturated fats and um, just start to read labels because that way you'll be able to make better choices. We were actually quite lucky because very recently we visited a huge uh, plant-based meat factory, right? And they make their plant-based meat, the raw substance is fava beans, okay? Fava beans is yeah. broad beans. And what they do is essentially, you'll grow the, the fava bean plant, you'll let it grow and then they'll let it die and then they'll let the fava beans dry out naturally. Okay, and then they'll take a combine harvester and they'll harvest up all of these beans. Then the beans get de-hulled. And then what they go is to, into this big machine, which is essentially like a large hydron collider, where they whiz round the beans and they just like pummel them into a, a powder. And then this machine separates the carbohydrates from the proteins. And the protein is the raw substance of what plant-based meat is. So as Henry said, it's exactly the same as the process of making bread. Um, so I found that incredibly interesting. It's interesting to know because I think it's the image when people say meat alternatives, they, they do think of lab coats, white coats. Yep. So, so to hear that is actually even reassuring me, to be honest. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, Good. actually, it's not as scary as it sounds. Do you know, I've got a little idea. Yes. Why don't you send me a, uh, or if you, if you were happy for me to take a recipe from the meat book and I'll cook it on I Hate Cooking. I'll show the book. I'll say, this is a recipe in the book so I can show people the stuff that, an example of a meat Great uh, idea. They can cook. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Great I idea. Say, I say this one is straight from uh, our friends Bosch, and yeah, this is an idea because it means I can also try it as well. Amazing. Yeah. Um, that'd be cool. I think if down uh, for that. Yeah, man, and we're all down for collabs as well. So yeah, like, we'll awesome. definitely send you a recipe. But even better, why don't you come to our studio yeah, in Hammersmith? To. Great. You can teach we'll us some lessons. I'd love to. I love learning. I love, and I, I think that's that's what I found. Is I've genuinely enjoyed the process of learning. Like human beings like to develop, they like to challenge themselves and overcome. I think there's a process of, of doing that and it's just an, an accomplishment to feel that you're getting better even though I'm only starting out really. It's really, really good fun. Guys, thanks so much. That's the end of uh, part two. Just to finish on letting people know where can they get your new book and when? You can grab our new book, Meet, on the 17th of August, but actually you can pre-order it right now. It's available on Waterstones. It's also available on Amazon. Um, and also you can just hit us up on our website at bosch.tv. Find the link there. Brilliant. I'm, I, I'm excited to give uh, some of the recipes a go. I think it's a really, really interesting book. And fair play to you again for just doing stuff, you know, following your kind of nose in a sense. Which is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Guys, see you very soon in part three. Just a note before you guys go. As you notice, these three parts were released on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you want access to all three parts at once, as well as access to Behind the Stomp, all on a Sunday, before everyone else gets there, then subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to get all the content at once and also to support the podcast. Thank you and see you very soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.